Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod and another episode of Rebels Talk, where we, your hosts, uh, are Blake and Josh, break down the latest episodes in Star Wars Rebels. I mean, this is this is a rewatch podcast, though, so it's really not the latest. I mean, we're going back. We're going way back to season one of Star Wars Rebels and going through the series in chronological order and talking about the, after, the, the series as an after show. So you can follow along with us at home. So make sure you check the description for which episodes that we're talking about today. Watch those first to come back to this episode later. But without further ado, let's get into it. Rebels Talk Part 4. Welcome back, Blake. Hello there. Thanks. Good to be back. As always, I'm excited to get into some Rebels. Yes, absolutely. Hello there. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we got uh, a couple episodes on the roster to chat about today, uh, which includes Season 1, Episode 9, Season 1, Episode 10, Season 1, Episode 11, and Season 1, Episode 12. So uh, let's just dive straight in. Season 1, Episode 9, Gathering Forces. I know it's been a couple weeks since we last talked about a Star Wars Rebels episode. And, you know, we've been so busy with other subjects. I mean, we've since seen the release of Jedi Battle Scars, Star Wars Visions Volume 2. Uh, oh, man. We had, uh, yeah. The full review for Jedi Survivor as well as a Lightspeed. So, you know, it's been crazy. But I'm, I'm glad that we got some time to kind of fit these in every now and again, you know? Oh man, you make me feel guilty though. You guys are—you already did the review for Battle Scars, and I'm—I'm I'm thinking about Chapter Five. Yeah. So, kind of make our way through that yesterday, actually. So. Oh man, to quote Anakin from the Clone yeah. Wars movie, "Gotta keep up." Yeah. <laughs> Gotta oh, keep man. up, Snips. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. Uh, it's I'll a see lot. if I can even finish it. I don't. I'm not sure about this book so far, so I'm not. I'm not. Since the review's done, I'm not sure if I'm even going to bother. I'm having a hard time getting into it. Honestly, you know, if you're, if you're, yeah, no, I, yeah, I get it. You know, as far as, um, as far as the book goes, like if, you know, if you're just as a side note, like if you don't feel like continuing reading it and you're on a a long drive or a flight somewhere, just, you know, maybe tune into that episode and we we do it like a non-spoiler ish part at the beginning. And then we kind of go full spoiler mode and give the whole, you know, spoiler warning, you know, bell on people. And uh, they get to kind of, you know, get the full story for things and, and kind of a good summary and recap for what happened in the book so that way you can skip reading it. So totally up to you. I might just do that this time around. Yeah. I'm usually pretty good about reading the books and 
sharing my take on it. It was, but, it was definitely one of the uh, at least at the beginning. It might get, it might get better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a smooth, smooth it was a smooth show. Uh, it was a smooth recording. You know, we just we just kind of got in there. Oh, no, that's good. We, yeah, we hit we, we hit the main things. I, th- I feel like a lot of people enjoyed it. So, uh, and it was our first time. Uh, well, first time in a long time bringing back AJ onto the podcast too, which uh, uh, he does a good job at uh, diverting away. Uh, from not just any AJ. Fan favorite AJ. Fan favorite AJ. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's hard yeah. to it's hard to lock him down for a recording. He's such a busy guy. But. He's crazy. That guy's always busy. He's doing so many recordings, so many fan requests. Yeah, that's right. It's popular guy. <laughs> awesome. Uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's get into season one, episode nine, Gathering Forces. Uh, that's what it's called. Directed by Stuart Lee, written by Greg Wiseman. Guest stars D. Bradley Baker. Peter Mc, uh, McNoll and Matthew Wood. This episode was released on watchdisney.com, uh, watchdisneyxd.com on November 17th, 2014 and premiered on Disney XD November 24th. Uh, so the summary reads, Learning that Zebo failed to save his parents from being abducted by the Empire, Ezra lashes out at Zebo for betraying his parents' trust. Amid the chase, the Imperials attach a homing beacon to the Hall of the Phantom, which Kanan opts to detach from the ghost in hyperspace with himself and Ezra aboard to mislead the Imperials. The two arrive at Fort Anaxis, where Kanan teaches Ezra to forgive Zebo by admitting his fear of not knowing what happened to his parents. The two tame the Furnox by connecting to them through the Force and set them against the arriving Imperial forces, but are cornered by the Inquisitor who injures Kanan. Overcome with anger, Ezra uses the dark side of the Force to summon a giant Furnox against the Inquisitor, allowing the two to escape. Back on the ghost, Sabine gives Ezra a picture of his parents she found in his house. Afterwards, the ghost crew takes Zebo to Fulcrum, while Hera offers to relay the, uh, the information uh, to Ezra about what Zebo knows of his parents' fate. Uh, so that was Episode 9, Gathering Forces. Uh, what did you like about this episode? I really enjoyed probably like the, the ending side of it where we kind of see Ezra fall a bit to the dark side. I thought that was super, super interesting. And it makes sense considering like what we learned about his parents in his past here, that he would probably have some of that underlying angst and stuff. And we'll see as it comes to the later episodes that he, because of the loss of his parents at such a young age and trying to be very self-sufficient that he really wants to control to make sure that doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, this is, it, it's the first time in a while that, uh, of course, I think I've mentioned this before in previous rebels episodes that kind of the, the bitter lens are sort of off my face now at this point. And, uh, you know, to those who mm-hmm. may be just tuning into rebels talk for the first time, when the show first came out, it was kind of as a replacement for the recently canceled Star Wars The Clone Wars. And as we know, they eventually went back and uh, kind of restored the show and gave it a finale. But um, Rebels was kind of directly responsible for the cancellation of that show. And, and I always kind of like didn't really connect with it all that well back then because I was so, such a big Clone Wars fan <laughs> and, and I was so mad, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm laughing because you have to share this every episode as a prelude of why you're you're kind of bitter about rebels. Right. <laughs> well, the, that's the thing, though, right? Like, like now, now the bitter lens are off. I feel like you know we we've hit the nine year mark since this show came, since these episodes were premiered, and it just it just really um, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I'm in a I'm in a point of almost. Uh, 
nostalgically looking back at these at this show going like you know what it's actually pretty good and uh that's funny yeah i think it only took 10 years for you to come to terms with the rebels series (laughs) now if you asked me the same about the force awakens i could not respond the same way (laughs) (laughs) Well, that, I, that, that one's got a little more baggage, I think, with the George Lucas stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think you. so. I think so. Yeah, yeah. The George Lucas stuff was uh, that was hard for us all to deal with. I think. But, um, so there was a few things I liked about this episode. Uh, first of all, that missile tracker that the Inquisitor launched at the the ship was pretty cool. That was a new piece of hardware that we've never seen before. So that was pretty neat. Yeah, um, that actually got me because this came out before. Last Jedi by a number of years. Mm-hmm. I know one of the things that people was it Last Jedi? Maybe it was Rise of Skywalker. I'm trying to remember. No, it was Last Jedi because that was, was that was the whole premise of why they couldn't escape. Because like that led to the chase scene of them trying to get get away through hyperspace, but they're being tracked by the First Order. And a lot of people were like really upset that this technology existed now. So that's kind of always the thing out of, in Star Wars, right? It's if you waited long enough, if you could survive long enough for the navic computer to be able to calculate the jump then you could escape mm-hmm. right that's, that's kind of especially through the original trilogy that was always kind of a staple of how you get away from the empire yeah and so cute. they removed that in the in in the last jedi and what we kind of see here in this episode that the empire is kind of already working on that technology it's just a really early version where they need like a physical tracker through hyperspace yeah yeah and to have it part of the <laughs> as soon the as tire. i say that though Mm-hmm. As soon as I say that, though, I'm remembering that Obi Wan threw that thing on Jango Fett's ship. And I assume that, that would have worked through hyperspace as well. I'm not sure if that would be different technology or not. Yeah, uh, you know, just a personal theory of that piece of technology. You know, that sort of my eyes kind of point towards the uh, the idea that maybe it tracks the ship when it exits hyperspace, rather than it kind of relaying the information while it's traveling through hyperspace that's kind of the way that i looked at that right. piece of technology but the way that this uh, inquisitor prototype ship you know because like, it, it is a thai uh, advanced prototype right the one that vader later has uh in episode four like this is kind of the early model that they're sort of trying to design uh beforehand right so it's cool it's cool that this piece of technology kind of exists as part of that ship's prototype features uh and then later it also is is now like mobile as in it's launched through like a missile as opposed to being physically put on the ship yeah yeah exactly yeah that was that was pretty neat uh so it's always nice to kind of catch those little advancements of technology through star wars because you know, that way, you know, when we point these things out, it's not super jarring or weird to, like, launch into, uh, you know, Mandalorian or or, uh, or even just any of those shows or, or the sequels or whatever, and then go, like, oh, where the heck did that come from? And, like, you know, at least there's some context to, like, the buildup of, like, where that sort of was originated, right? Yeah, they're not just, not just thrown in and kind of, like, made up as you go along. Because then I know that's something that, as Star Wars has grown, a lot of fans... And myself included, at least to some level, are get a little bit jaded when they, it feels like stuff just getting thrown in to make narratives just work properly. It, it just it feels kind of gimmicky, as in they're like wrote themselves into a corner. Like, how do we pick us? Just make something up, but mm-hmm. as yeah. opposed to being like a cool technology, like added. 
So, and I, and that's where the hyperspace thing I think falls. So if they can, if you kind of look at it through this lens, it's a little more believable. But when the first the movie first came out, I know a lot of people were like, "What is this? Like, why does this need to be here? It doesn't it doesn't really fit with what we know of Star Wars so far?" Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the TIE Fighter V1 makes its return in this episode, and it was only in the last episode that they uh, blew it up. So I thought it was kind of weird that, well, maybe they have more than one, I guess, but they made such a big deal about it in front of the parade of people on Empire Day that, uh, and this episode right. kind of goes, I didn't realize until after the fact, but this episode kind of goes back to back because they're, they've got Zebo on board the Ghost, they're getting away from the Empire, and you know, we see the Inquisitor it's in his ship. Yeah, we see the Inquisitor mm-hmm. in his ship that he and you know they just blew that up, you know, and like on Lothal, it's like, dude, <laughs> like, where'd you pull that out of, man? <laughs> what kind of stash you got going on back there? All right, make this big deal, this explosion, the ship blowing up, and then so the camera like zooms back and there's like five more right right there. <laughs> <laughs> so good, right? It's like the Inquisitors, like you kill one, there's just a few more around the corner. Oh man. Yeah, that definitely opens the door to something we can get into later because that's pretty much exactly what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. No, it's a good point. I'm almost wondering if they were banking on the fact that these this these episodes came out a week apart that maybe no one would think about it because <laughs> I didn't even catch that because we took a break between episodes so I didn't even realize that's what happened either. <laughs> right, I think it's the first time ever that I've noticed that. <laughs> Um, Ezra says, "Someone better tweet Pablo. What the heck's going on here?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone tweet Pablo. Uh, yeah, speaking of speaking of Pablo, we actually did get some tweets from him actually earlier today uh, for an Indiana Jones related. I saw that. Yeah, maybe we can bring that up uh, if we got time later in the episode. But uh, Ezra says he's been on his own since he was seven years old, and I think it's worth noting that this really kind of gives uh, timeline continuity and and. Uh, uh, sort of like solidifies the idea that this moment that's happening right now, Empire Day is his birthday. So, um, you know, being the fact that Empire Day is the formation of the Empire seven years prior during Revenge of the Sith, um, it's it sort of, um, uh, sorry, um, my bad. Uh, <laughs> Empire Day is, he's been on his own since he was seven. So, so sorry, this, this is the, the death of his parents, I guess, right? So, so because this show takes place, um, uh, what is it, like 14, 14 or so years after uh, Revenge of the Sith, you know, that's about kind of what Ezra's age is. Uh, and, and we kind of get a good time frame for like when his parents were, were killed by the Empire, which is um, probably about three years before the events of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, you know, we've got a better idea for, like, what that time looked like now because, you know, we can kind of place it, um, I guess, uh, around the Jedi uh, Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor time frame, maybe even, like, right where the Battle Scars novel takes place. So, you know, it's a dark time for the Empire. It's about as dark as it gets kind of during during those years. And... um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough for a kid to grow up kind of in that time frame. So for me, seeing it's very interesting, though, seeing how this all comes together, yeah. because as years have gone by, it seems like they keep inserting more Jedi into this era. And it's it's just strange that even the later stuff, like because I was just mentioning I was reading Battle Scars like yesterday. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was mentioned 
maybe this is farther back, but I remember specifically Cal mentions that him and his master are potentially the only Jedi left. So it's like, why does every Jedi think that and not know about each other when they're all somewhat working for the rebellion, which as we're probably going to discuss this episode or the next, you know, spoilers is Ahsoka who's kind mm-hmm. of like running all this, all the starting out all the different cells. Right. So it's weird that these different cells of rebels with Jedi don't know about other cells of Jedi. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's definitely something that we'll talk about in the finale episode because that actually comes up uh, in regards to Kanan's absence of knowledge that these cells even exist, right? Um, And that was was put into context uh, verbally, I think, in something that he said. So, yeah, we'll definitely get into that because that is a really good point to make. Um, But I am curious because even when the rebellion sort of comes together in the end of of season one you know again like spoilers for anyone who's you know never seen the show but um but it it is true it's like well when that happens you know what's the deal with like them not being put in touch with each other you know it's like they hook up with the rebellion and then maybe bail like casually mentions oh yeah by the way we got like two or three other jedi kind of like on, on our team you know um yeah I don't know. Even beyond that, like you, if I play the when I play the games, you do come across just like random people who aren't Imperials as Cal. So it's like people see that there's Jedi out there. So why is why do rumors not reach each other cell? You know what I mean? They yeah. get a Jedi being there's a big deal, and the, we're going to get into later in the season of Rebels again. That comes up because that's why the rebellion comes forward as people started talking about. Kanan seeing as Jedi as you know a um, something that's giving them hope and obviously that means there's gonna be huge rumors spreading around mm, totally yeah um, so there was something else about this episode is Ezra, it, Ezra I, sorry say again oh, again, later. yeah yeah uh, I'll say because it relates to the cell so I was gonna I was gonna get into it. we can talk about it later and we actually get into the cell stuff yeah 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 sounds good uh, Ezra says that the like he, he experiences the dark side for really the first time in this episode. And to me, you know, at first I was like, whoa, okay, yeah, this guy really kind of had a big bit of a bit of a ray dark side moment there where, you know, kind of like her, her moment in the cave where she kind of just goes straight to the dark and, you know, Luke is all freaked out about it. And uh, I think it was interesting not only to see how Kanan approached the situation, being um, new to being his uh, Jedi master for to somebody for the first time, but um, really also to see the connection between um, Ezra connecting with the dark side on a on a level uh, similar to Anakin, where he's able to tap into that fear and that anger so quickly because he's afraid to lose somebody he cares about, which is Kanan. And uh, that was, I think, a relatable moment to a lot of characters in the series. Uh, yeah for sure in the fact that he kind of used like force dominate mind on that giant what are they called yeah the um fergles for fernox fergles close enough the fergies i got the first letter right (laughs) there we go yeah Yeah. furbies yeah the furbies yeah dude they kind of look like furbies (laughs) <laughs> a little bit. If the phobies are like the, when they're young, then they kind of grow and have real limbs. <laughs> it shed shed all of their hair, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Now Furbies, Furbies would have been scarier, hundred uh, percent. The lightsaber fight between Kanan and the Inquisitor was pretty cool, um, but he still can't beat the Inquisitor. And it, you know, it's definitely they make it very obvious that 
his he's rough, you know, like it's been a while since he's needed to use his lightsaber and he's only recently picked it back up again. And, you know, we did mention it in the first episode of Rebels Talk that, you know, that's the moment where he really opens it up for the first time in so long. And then in the first episode of the of the series, like in the Spark of Rebellion uh, TV movie, like the first two episodes, he really does pull it out in, for the first time in front of like other people that witness this event and then get away with that knowledge. Um, so like, you know, he hasn't fought anyone with a lightsaber for years and, uh, nor as a, as a Padawan, I don't think he's ever really kind of had that, that life and death scenario situation. I think the only people he fought with lightsaber before is probably training droids and, uh, his training at the temple. So it's interesting. Probably, to see I, I would think he would have some battle experience fighting, right? Battle, battle droids and super battle droids. But that's probably it. I, I wouldn't expect him to have had any... Uh, interaction or combat against any other force users at all. Like I, I doubt they ever came across Ventress, or Grievous, right? And certainly not Dooku. Right. And really, I guess what Palpatine is the only other one. So other than that, like there's really no other lightsaber force wielders that would be trying to kill him. Mm. So. Yeah, and he was quite young at the time too. So there's no expectation that that would have been an experience that he's had, right? So, no. yeah. It, it would have been the same thing that ended up happening in Order 66, where Barry Lapa, she goes into fight and just tells him to run away. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Run! Run! <laughs> um, yeah, this is the first episode that we get a mention of Fulcrum for the first time. And, um, you know, I know we've talked about this famous character returning and all that, but um, this, I believe, was the first time that we heard the word fulcrum and the nickname given to uh that of uh, miss tano so um it was interesting to kind of like get that sort of um uh you know some shit some like some light on the scenario of this mystery figure who is really uh kind of driving a lot of the rebel cells activities and stuff like that right do you remember when this first started coming out? It's really this is taking me back. There's so much speculation, like who's Fulcrum? Who could it be? And then like there's those crates that have Ahsoka's the uh her tattoos on her forehead or on yeah, the boxes. And we're like, dude, right. like it might be Ahsoka. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Everyone was so excited and like speculating. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, there was there was people taking the audio of uh there's a hologram that she shows up in in an episode or two. And there was, yeah, yeah, with the hood. And and there were, there were people that were like de garbling the audio to like try and figure (laughs) out who it was. And it it was impressive. And they actually, they were right. You know, that for, for, I feel like it was weeks before the season finale. Like we kind of all knew like who it was already. So yeah. 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 Spoil the Star Wars fans. We relied on anything. It's to spoil the, the big reveal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Speculated to death, so yeah. you can never be surprised. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's <laughs> no better way to exactly guess what's coming uh, by guessing literally every possible scenario. So you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and then, of course, when you find out, you go, "I was right. They were right." And it's because there's like thousands of ideas. Yeah. So clearly, there's only so many that you can actually pick from. So. Yeah, exactly. And then that's like the new lucky draw. <laughs> The new lucky draw of that person being like the Star Wars fan who guessed it right on social media or whatever. And 
Oh man, they were right all along. Yeah. Yeah, no, so true. It's funny though because I almost feel like that directly led to Ryan Johnson just like giving up. Like what is like the <laughs> what is the thing that we could do that even if they guessed it, like <laughs> It doesn't matter. Just, it's like not even trying. I just picture a room, dude. I just picture him at a writing room with like <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy and a bunch of other people, thinking like, okay, how can we subvert all of Zero's expectations? <laughs> <laughs> Specifically going after Mike Zero. <laughs> okay, this guy he does he does three to five Star Wars videos a day, and it's been. Eight years, so we got to do something he hasn't come up with got, yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Eight years worth of theories, three to five videos a day. How can we compete with this? <laughs> oh my god! How can we make so, this guy hey, somebody? Wrong? Yeah, probably you got a new job. You got to watch all three thousand videos and write down all the ideas, and we'll have a big <laughs> list to not do. <laughs> <laughs> oh Pablo! Oh man! Yeah. Good luck, good luck, Pablo. See ya. That's your. That's a busy guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll need that project to, in two weeks. <laughs> he go. Yeah. He goes to sleep. He puts on Mike Zero and listens to theories. <laughs> Just dreams about Let's Zero. Before, man. Oh man. Okay. Uh, Zebo tells tells Kira about Ezra's parents and she eventually uh, she says to Zebo that she'll relay that information to Ezra and I don't recall that we ever got that moment where she re- tells Ezra what Zebo knows about his parents but I guess kind of behind the scenes maybe that scene happens or maybe I'm just forgetting that there's a moment in season two that happens where she does that but I was just wondering like I was just you know I was going to ask um, you about I, this. I think it's I think it's off camera because it goes from her saying to I think next episode really are all kind of talking about it in past tense mm. yeah 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 it was it was interesting i guess to uh to put, you know i was thinking about that i was going yeah it must happen off camera because i can't happen I, I can't remember when it when it does happen so i guess i guess it's not super important i guess the main thing is that they're dead right like they're they're not there's no mystery that, around that that and as we find out in the coming episodes that they were putting out the 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 rebel radio channel yeah that's right the broadcast yeah they they were the original rebel force radio yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) dude can you imagine if like in universe they actually called it that (laughs) they should that'd be that'd be a fun nod yeah fun little nod for like og fans of the show yeah 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 those those guys are legend um, yeah, this episode was a two-parter to the previous episode. Uh, that was only apparent to me kind of like after, you know, starting to watch it. But um, that's that's it. That's uh, that's episode nine, Gathering Forces. Uh, so let's move on to uh, episode 10, Path of the Jedi. Uh, the episode was written by Charles Murray and directed by executive producer Dave Filoni, released on WatchDisney.com and WatchDisney, uh, the app, on December 29th, 2014, and premiered on Disney XD January 5th, 2015. Guest stars Frank Oz. Concerned with Ezra's previous display of the dark side against the Inquisitor, Kanan brings him to a hidden Jedi temple on Lothal to be tested for his readiness in Jedi training. While Kanan stays behind, Ezra makes his way through the temple alone and is faced with a series of visions showing the Inquisitor killing Kanan and the rest of the Ghost crew. After seeing through the illusions, Ezra is guided by the disembodied voice of Jedi Master Yoda, who helps him admit his fear of being alone again. Kanan also speaks with Yoda about his own ability to teach Ezra, 
and Yoda leads Ezra to a kyber crystal, which he uses to build his own lightsaber. Uh, so this was a, this was a cool episode because Yoda, you know, kind of returns mysteriously. Uh, we heard some Attack of the Clones Yoda theme music playing through the background of this episode, and uh, Ezra kind of uses the Force to find the temple and everything like that. It was very uh, very Jedi ish, you know. Reminded me a lot of like, the, the the Attack of the Clones youngling scenes. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree with that. There was uh, one really cool thing that I noticed that I hadn't noticed before. And that was that in in this episode where we see Kanan and Ezra, they, they find the Jedi Temple, and together they have to use the Force to lift it out of the ground, the whole temple. It's a big spire, kind of like a big rock almost, and they have to like they use the Force to lift it, and that reveals a doorway, and they have to keep using the Force to keep the door open, so they can't. It's not just like a one and done thing. And what I never noticed before is this is exactly repeated again, but from the Sith version later, when we're on Malachor 5 with Darth Maul and Ezra, they again have to master and apprentice together, lift up those blocks to not kill themselves as they walk through the pathway at that temple. Right, yeah. So I thought it was really uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was cool, like light light and dark to see all these similarities between the two but from different perspectives yeah totally because the, the the jedi approach is you know you kind of get trapped inside and there's hope i guess that with the uh the union of master apprentice they can open the door again and get out but with the sith version it's like you know you fail you die <laughs> yeah <laughs> so exactly much yeah, more treacherous no room for error right exactly <laughs> Uh, the Jedi Temple, out though, the week. that being said, though, the Jedi Temple did have je- dead Jedi in it. And I was very blown away and surprised by this. Uh, a bit of a crazy moment to think that uh, whatever time and place that those Jedi skeletons were from, they were very intense to uh, to literally sit and wait to die if their Padawan didn't come back. Uh, by yeah, that was crazy to me. That was that was a very un-Jedi thing, to, uh, I thought. Yeah. Like, yeah. You have to be so trusting in your, I guess it's because it's like a test, but, but it's one of those tests to me that like sounds good on paper, but then in practice, I feel like it's, it's not very Jedi to just let people die because like their apprentice wasn't able to do a, a task. Like, that's crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't almost. It almost doesn't fit the 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 mentality of of the Jedi, right? Of you know, literally, um, kind of the the philosophy of of letting go. And uh, <laughs> you know, to me, those those Jedi who literally <laughs> sat there, you know, with dehydrating and and starving to death, literally to the point where they die there in the spot and then and then melt away as the years go by. Just to me, kind of was com- the complete opposite of the ability to let go of uh, of those that they care about. And I guess it's like their own stubbornness to really like pull through with the idea like you know three days later oh yeah my youngling's not coming back i guess i'm here forever oh, even more than that so i'm um, just thinking about this now let's say so a regular person if they were there doing that you can go you can go like i think it's like two weeks or like a week to two weeks without water and then a month without food right now if you're a jedi you'd be able to 
prolong that even further. You could probably be there for several months. So if you're sitting there meditating for like three or four months and your apprentice isn't back, I think you can safely assume they're not going to come back. So <laughs> are you just going to just decide to die? You're just going to stay there? I guess you can't get out, right? You'd be trapped without your apprentice to lift the rock. That's the problem. But you think... Right. Try something. Yeah. <laughs> There's gonna be a back door. Dude, I can only just something. imagine like Dig someone, someone just being trapped dig, in there. Yeah, start digging. <laughs> I, I I can only just imagine someone being trapped in there and then another Jedi with their apprentice coming in and be like, Oh hey Bill, and they're like, uh, uh, just, I've been here for so long. Just leave me. I uh, uh, my battle one failed the test. I must die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. my gosh. You know, like, other Jedi comes in and just pretend it's like a bathroom stall. <laughs> Occupied. Yeah. It's like water, water cooler <laughs> chat. Like water cooler chat. Hey, your apprentice make it back yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting. Still you want out? You want you want some water or something? <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's self-punishment. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, That's man. commitment, I guess. Just yeah. acceptance of death. Totally. You know what? You know what I would do? Because it's the first time we've ever seen this happen. If I was the Jedi Master, I just wouldn't go there. I'd go do a test somewhere else. Yeah, dude. It's like that sounds like one <laughs> treacherous Jedi temple, like to be stuck in. I mean, like you know, maybe maybe go to Ilum instead. Like. <laughs> Oh man! Or if like you're Yoda and you just don't like a particular guy, just like oh, there's a test. I can feel the force. You gotta go there. You gotta yeah. go to this planet. Do this thing. Get riddance. Well, like Yoda's approach to the younglings when they go get their kyber crystal in the Clone Wars was they send them under that almost. Like, it's almost like a ice wall. And as the sun mm -hmm. goes down, the ice refreezes going from top to bottom. So they only have a certain amount of time to get back before it seals off again, and they have to wait a mm -hmm. whole another couple rotations before the sun comes back up and they well, can get out again, right? That's what that's what he told them, but it's just ice, so he just like uses the force to blow a hole in it. Yeah, they could yeah, they could they could totally do that too, but like it, it's kind of one of those things where it's just like Yoda doesn't risk himself going in there at all, you know, whereas Kanan's like I liked I did I did like the philosophy that like you know when he says to Ezra that like you must do this alone and if you don't come back like uh, you know I'm gonna be here with these Jedi here and he points to the skeletons and then Ezra's like wait yeah but but you know you're you're putting your life in my hands and then Kanan says well you put your training in mine and I really liked that like like even though this whole skeleton Jedi thing didn't really fit the philosophy of the Jedi I liked the comparison that he made there because it's really true. Like it's it's a, the direct result of Kanan's training that uh, really would allow Ezra to live in a life and death situation as a Jedi, right? So, uh, and that's exactly what happens with Ahsoka. Like because of Anakin's training, she was able to survive, and uh, you know not a lot of other people were able to do that because maybe they either weren't trained as well as they could have been, or uh, you know like a, a lot of people died, right? A lot of people failed to to pass the ultimate purge. And uh, very few people were able to make it. So um, it's really kind That's of, true. Um, yeah, you know, I thought. And like, as we know, Ahsoka was trained above and beyond any regular Jedi. I think as we see, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the flashbacks, right? Is that, that's the Clone Wars finale? The Tales of the Jedi. The Tales of the Jedi animated series. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like that is specifically touched upon or like. 
uh, Ahsoka's like, oh, I've already been able to like pass these trials or whatever. It's like, but Anakin's, he goes out of the way. It's like, I want you to be above and beyond regular Jedi. Like, I want to make sure like any situation you will survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was uh, it was Anakin's kind of rigorous testing that allowed uh, Ahsoka to really kind of get to that point of uh, ability and really sort of reflects in, in her kind of in the later point of the show when she's able to really put a fight up against Darth Maul and actually kind of come out on top sort of. Um, made, it made a lot more sense, right, that her abilities are kind of far beyond her years. Right. No, it's a good point, especially if you want to consider that Darth Maul bested Qui-Gon. Totally, totally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, Ezra's fear and vision of the dark side. This is his Dagobah, this is his Dagobah cave moment, right? It's the fear of not being ready to be a Jedi, losing Kanan along the way. And, uh, you know, kind of a bit of a bit of a spoiler here as well, that that is sort of foreshadowing kind of relevance later in the series of that fear, right? The fear that that these people that he cares about might be gone one day. And uh, the crew of the ghost is like insulting him and makes him like kind of question his reality. And, you know, especially when the Inquisitor kills them all, he kind of starts to realize like all this is kind of too dark to be true. This must be a dream. And, uh, you know, I think towards the end, they kind of made it really obvious when when uh, yeah, Sabine's like, oh, how long do you think he was listening? And uh, so, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, you know, maybe maybe the test isn't so challenging after all. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> maybe, well, I mean, don't forget he's also a kid, right? So it's like you're taking yeah. these things, you're in this situation, you take it personally. You might not, you might, you might be so emotionally hurt, but you, you don't pick up on these like the the subtleties that make it feel unrealistic like that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly um yoda's presence is much like qui-gon's before him um the difference being that that yoda's still alive but he's presented to kanan in the form of like a bunch of glowing dots in space and uh, that's similar to the way that qui-gon was presented to yoda um, when Yoda was undergoing the training to, to, to learn the ways of immortality and all that stuff from the Force priestesses back in the Clone Wars. Um, that being, the main difference being that Qui-Gon is, is actually dead. And the reason he gives for not being able to conjure his Force body is that his training is not complete. So I was wondering if you had any opinions on kind of the physical presence that they gave Yoda in this. You know, do you think that there was some connection there uh, to maybe even Yoda's training's not complete or, um, you know, because I got the idea that his training was complete by the end of that Clone Wars arc, but maybe it's not. Um, or maybe... Well, the question just, then... Yeah. Did that Clone Wars arc... I'm trying... Because I uh, because of the gap between the last two seasons of Clone Wars, I have a hard time remembering the finales, like the release order. Was that episode after Rebels or before? Uh, the Clone Wars Immortality um, arc that was that was before Rebels. That was before Rebels. Okay, <laughs> that does raise a good, good question then, because at that point, then I would have thought Yoda would be complete. But that being said, I'm sure he did a lot of meditating and self searching while he was stuck on Dagobah for so long. So maybe it's along those lines. Because it's also interesting to me to think about from the perspective, 
he was so quick to help Ezra at this point, but then a handful of years later, he's so opposed to teaching Luke anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, also the fact that, you know, he tells Luke that like the last of the Jedi will you be not like, you know, somewhere in space, there is a boy named Ezra Bridger. <laughs> <laughs> I better go back and fix that. We need another special edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and just do a voiceover line. Yeah. <laughs> you will be, except for some kid in deep space. Yeah. The, the, last, the last of the Jedi will you be, except for Ahsoka and Ezra <laughs> and uh, somebody else and your sister. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of things. Oh man! Um, or, just, or, or like, Luke, as soon as Luke leaves, like Ezra shows up, and then Yoda goes, "Last of the Jedi, you won't be." And he just tells everyone that comes there the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! That's, He's just going uh, crazy on Dagobah. Yeah. <laughs> I've for so long. He's, He's leave, got like leave your food. I give you good food. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> he's just completely nuts. He's Maybe just lost he just, it. He's just got a major case of dementia. Like like Ahsoka was there like the, the day before and he just can't remember. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um all right, so uh compare <laughs> com- characters Obi Wan's becoming like this liar, just lies to everyone, Yoda's gone crazy. <laughs> I uh, don't remember uh, uh, owning a droid. Who's his droid? Yeah. Oh man! Um, com- compared to Ilum, uh, it is Yoda who grants Ezra his crystals. That's what it seems to be, uh, and the crystal kind of floats to him in space. I thought this was a really interesting, unique approach, and I thought to myself, it's also slightly weird, only because like he's probably just hanging out at his hut on Dagobah, and then maybe gets a tickle up his spine, going like, "Oh, someone's uh, entered the temple on Ilum," and. You know, starts meditating about it and goes like, oh, yeah, there's a, you know, realizes, oh, this is like a Jedi kind of, you know, learning, you know, he's communicating with Kanan at the same time and uh, really just kind of he's the one to grant the crystal to him. Did you find that there was did you thought that was, um, do you think that was a bit more direct than I think it should have been or or did you like that? Good question. I think there's a little more to it. Like, I think, sorry, I should have mentioned this for the last one, last uh, topic. So I think specifically in this case, Yoda is able to connect to what's going on in the temple because of on Dagobah, there is that cave that we see Luke testing that is very high force, force test sensitivity. And as we see, uh, Ezra's visions versus Luke's visions is all very similar, right? So there's there's a similarity between these two locations. And so I think with Yoda's presence being close to that cave, he's able to maybe sense stuff a little more uh, acutely and probably even more so between these two very force-sensitive areas. So I think a lot of it's all tied together around that as opposed to just Yoda and where he is at his training and his personal force uh, capability. Uh, as far as the crystal reveal part, it's a good question because that's not really what we saw in Ilum. They kind of did that themselves and the, the force revealed it itself, not Yoda. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
maybe maybe Yoda knew it was there and he was able to shroud it somewhat until he approved of Ezra. Maybe small along those lines. I doubt he would have much more ability than that. That'd be my guess, I think. <laughs> oh, I guess that means I'm wrong. <laughs> he's laughing at my answer. <laughs> oh, he's proud of me. Uh, yeah, you never yeah. know, Yoda. I think you've, I think, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think if you realize, you've discovered his secret, he's been shrouding it. Clouding yeah, I, th- I think it's... <laughs> Sit on it, I want. <laughs> I'm the Yoda's wrong voice. <clears throat> You should not hit it in Luke's burrito. <laughs> uh, Ezra's lightsaber. Better than fish sticks. Yeah, yeah, better than fish sticks. Yeah, that's true. Um, his uh, oh, that's what those are, aren't they? They're like they're like fish sticks from the from the seventies or the eighties, right? No, we they were something else. They weren't fish sticks. That's what everyone thinks they are. But there was, it was revealed. Uh, Mark Hamill. Explained what they were. I think it was like a chickpea thing. Oh, okay. All right. Something like that, anyway. It was no meat. Right. Because I think they're worried about it going off. He <laughs> said they were awful, as that with all the food he had to consume while working on the Star Wars franchise. <laughs> That's probably why he takes like, the smallest bite and then like fl- throws it away. <laughs> um. Yeah, exactly. Let him have it, R2. That hey. one is terrible. Hey, that's my it. dinner. Uh, his lightsaber. making such a mess. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, his lightsaber is built. <laughs> I love that scene, man. I love that sequence so much. Uh, his, his Me too. Light- Yoda's just so crazy. <laughs> what if that was the real Yoda and Yoda being like a serious Jedi master? Like that was the fake Yoda. <laughs> he's, just, he's got like a dual personality yeah. disorder yeah um, maybe yeah yeah um okay so maybe maybe he took a page out of palpatine's notebook and was like good idea to change that this is <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh just gone nuts yeah Okay, his uh, Ezra's lightsaber is built, um, and it's the first of its kind. It has a it has a blaster on the front of it. Um, you were so mad about this when this came out. <laughs> yeah. You you hated this. I remember uh, this. You were just like, yeah. It just I don't know, man. I I feel like to me, I thought they'd done it specifically for the toys, and th- they wanted to make right. a, a collaboration with Nerf and like put a Nerf guard <laughs> on the front of a lightsaber hill. I thought for sure that's why they did it. <laughs> I find it funny though that it's a, a Jedi. I mean, it makes I guess because Ezra's kind of you know creative and he built his own his wrist slingshot thing. But generally, that's a Sith thing to make a lightsaber with alternate capabilities. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's kind of is unique, right? Like I think when when Cannon holds it, he's like, well, it's different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I find it funny though because. When I was uh, in middle school, I used to design my own lightsabers, just like drawing them. And things I would often do is put like guns and lightsabers and like sniper rifles and stuff together. Yeah. And so I find it really funny that I used to draw handguns with like blasters with uh, lightsabers on them. And then that's exactly what Ezra has. (laughs) It was also probably like 
still he's like four, say fourteen, like the same age. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I think you know that's like, that's, sure, a lightsaber's good, but what about a lightsaber that can also shoot stuff? Oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, so cool. I feel and like it the, looks like a stapler, which I think is hilarious. The only thing that the only step that they could have <laughs> taken to further deepen into that particular uh, situation is if it actually shot mini lightsaber blades out of it. I think that would have been oh, a little, no. that would have been a little too far. But um, what's I, funny is I've seen designs for that online. People drawing lightsaber shooting things because it'll cut through anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. It's like the the ultimate dream dream saber saber gun blaster kind of thing, right? But yeah, yeah, like how if you drop a lightsaber blade down, it'll just cut through the whole planet, right? <laughs> There's a robot chicken for that. <laughs> um, all right, season one, episode eleven, idiots array. Uh, written by Kevin Hobbs, directed by Stuart Lee, released on WatchDisney.com and the app on January 12, 2015. Premiered on Disney XD January 19th. Guest stars Billy D. Williams. Uh, Billy D. This deal is getting worse all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Ben Diskin and James Hong. Uh, Zeb bets and loses Chopper to smuggler Lando Calrissian. Hello, what do we have here? In a game of Sabacc, forcing the ghost crew to assist Lando with the dangerous smuggling run to get their droid back. However, during the smuggling run, Lando trades Hera to a crime lord named As Morgan in exchange for a puffer pig which can detect precious minerals for mining purposes, leaving Hera to escape in an escape pod. That's right. Uh, and uh, humiliated as Morgan and his henchmen intercept the rebels on Lothal to take revenge. The crew successfully drives the gangsters away, and the rebels part ways with Lando, though not before Chopper steals the fuel to Lando's ship, which the smuggler concedes as payment for their help uh, as they fly away. So uh, one thing I liked about this episode, of course, was Lando returning. Lando flirting with Hera is hilarious. Uh, yeah, how, that was pretty good. I love how he, he states himself. He's like, I'm a galactic entrepreneur. And then Kanan says something, and he's like, that means business person. And he's like, I know what it means. <laughs> Classic Ezra. <laughs> it's just like, I love how he walks out of the room, and Kanan's like, he's like, man, I don't like that guy. And then he goes to the back where, you know, he saunters over to the back where he, like, starts chatting up, chatting up Sabine. And then Ezra's like, says the exact same thing. He's like, man, I really don't like that guy. <laughs> Nobody trusts Lando. That's funny because he's so suave. So usually people get, they get lost in his fancy words and his beautiful eyes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it, you know, and this is technically, I mean, uh, I don't, maybe I'm misremembering if there's another book or a comic that he shows up in. Um, I think there is a comic book series called Lando that shows up in between the events of Solo and, and uh, this series, but uh, this is kind of the first time since the Donald Glover, uh, the first on the on-screen appearance, right? The first kind of. Like, I was just wondering that. Yeah. What's the timeline gap between the solo movie and this Rebels episode? I would say it's probably about f- seven years. Okay. Maybe six. I mean, uh, Solo takes place uh, about five years after Episode Three. I think it is. And, oh um, man! Okay. And then Empire Strikes Back is about three years after Episode Four, which is at nineteen years later after Episode uh, Three. 
you know, minus the uh, the five years from solo. So, uh, yeah, like 14, 15 years, I guess, after uh, after solo, maybe something around there. Um, okay, that's a long time then. That's definitely more than enough time for uh, or sorry, the seven, seven. aging of talk. Seven years, okay. Yeah, a little tighter, but I could see it. If, you know, I'm just because, oh, like, I'm trying no, to picture actually, my head. Sorry, so, sorry. No, it is fourteen. Sorry, seven since since solo, but like maybe about fourteen since episode three. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's something. It's something rather. I think it's fourteen. Fourteen. <laughs> but okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. I can see then the the chilling and. Uh, Lando getting back on his feet then, because I just know uh, where we left Lando in Solo, he was without a ship and probably pretty bitter. So, kind of get back on his feet and get his Enterprise going again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I thought it was uh, so something a highlight for me in this episode. Obviously, is as Morgan, uh, based on uh, oh man the concept drawing for he's actually his 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 character is based on the concept drawing for Jabba the Hutt. Uh, which uh, this dude is amazing. I mean, he spits as he eats fruit. He sounds like an incredibly scummy guy, you know? It's almost like Jabba, right? It's kind of an idea, I think. Yeah, yeah, but even more, like, kind of filthy. You know, he's just like a filthy, scummy sort of, like, like Jabba's just just disgusting, right? Like, But as Morgan, right. he's, he's like he's like the gum under your table. He's like, man, this guy's gross. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's, yeah, like, he's the scummiest uh, of the scum lords. Yeah. Her attire is uh, preposterous, but uh, the trade is acceptable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that voice actor. I'm blanking on his name, but I know I've seen I've seen like Disney and a bunch of stuff. I always liked him quite a lot. I think he's in. He has some voices in for Mulan, if I'm not mistaken, the original animated movie. He's so good. He's so good. I mean, he 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 does the voice like no one else can do it. You know what I mean? Uh, I would love to see this character come to live action, a hundred percent. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Would you want you Would you want it to be like a Jabba style character, or are you thinking just someone like a, a like a fat suit? I think I think just like a yeah. I think just just a fat suit would be would be would be good enough. I think. I mean, I think maybe um, maybe a a CG head really to nail the, 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 the mouth, you the know what facial, I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 well, I like, facial stuff. I like when they, when they do the mix. So it's like the, the mouth is like real, but the rest of it isn't, or if they do like animatronic, but then digitally lip sync, stuff right. like that. I always think looks the best generally. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, like, that's how I, I would lean it. And like, in like a fat bastard style fat suit, like the really big one. Right. Right. Yeah, something like that, you know. It, that, that would be that would be awesome. Uh, you know, <laughs> like the seer, like uh, Hera, Hera tells him, like, and perhaps you wish to dine alone, and he's like, oh yes, 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 yes. Uh, go, leave us. Uh, 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 beat it. <laughs> just so easily persuaded. Yeah. It's just, it's just so good, man. Like, and like, okay, I think this originally like to buy me a yacht. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I love how how flirtatious she comes across, but he's so easily like like seduced by 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 Hera. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I love how he's just beat it. Always, uh, it just beat yeah, it to yeah. his droids. He has droid servants. You know, like uh, go leave us. Uh, uh, beat it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know he's always so panicked. Yeah. It just sounds like he's just in a panic. Yeah, he's always so like, yeah, so panicked. Yeah. 
Oh man. And then smacking with the tray. That was satisfying. Holy crap. Uh, okay, when 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 Hira punches Lando, uh, there was a bit of voice modulation there, which was e- extremely terrible. And I just thought to myself, oh, man, no. can, mm-hmm. can can a, an, a you know highly acclaimed actor like Billy D. Williams not just act like he's got punched in the gut? Like this this to me just came across a little odd when when that moment came up. Did that strike you as strange? I didn't notice it. I like I was paying close enough attention to the audio quality, like. Yeah, I was like, when you when you say modulation, modulation, you mean they like edited it so it, it sounded funny? Yeah, yeah. So so they they edited it so that um, when he gets punched by by Hera, uh, it really kind of comes across as a bit jarring. Like you can totally tell it's been th- put through like a phaser and you know a couple voice modulators to like make uh, it you sh- make it sound. Should have got the clip ready to play here on the show because I didn't notice. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really it's really strange. Um, you know, I'll I'll, uh, I'll actually I'll look it up, and uh, in the meantime, I'll move on to the next thing. But um, it's it, uh, something that also oh. to note. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, there's something that maybe I'm wrong about this because it's been so long. But if you recall, back when um, the Force Awakens hadn't come out yet, and we were listening to Rebel Force Radio. And I think the trailer had just come out, and there's that that pig. There's that big giant pig that we see uh, in in the trailer. We're meeting Ray, right? And then Finn comes and drinks out of the water trough that the pig is drinking out of. Mm. Remember that pig? Uh, yes. So yeah, I maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure when the guys from RFR were speculating, they called it a puffer pig. And so I think this may have been a nod to that when they named the pig in this episode, but I might be wrong. I might, I might be wrong, but that's what it reminded me of. It's an interesting theory. Uh, Like I, that's super foggy in my mind. So I couldn't quite remember that, but um, yeah, that's, that's around the era where Dave Filoni used to actually call into their show. They stopped doing that right around when, Force Awakens came out, but right. during all the animated series, they actually used to have him as a guest, if you recall. So there was actually a connection between the Lucas, Lucasfilm writing team with uh, with Filoni and those guys. So it's possible that that happened. I don't know. I would have thought that he would have listened to it occasionally, at least. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, I think you know that's definitely something to keep in mind. Um, that's a good observation. Uh, I, I I don't think I would ever ha- like. I mean. I have no idea where that reference would be. I wouldn't know where to look. They, they've got so many episodes, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe we can take that with a grain of salt and, you know, call it maybe some, some possible influence there. I mean, if that was a thing, but um, yeah. yeah I, if, if anyone wants to check, including you, Josh, then all you have to do is look up the release date of the force awakens trailer and then listen to the podcast right after that. That's it's probably that one. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I'll definitely keep that in mind. Yeah. Uh, and if anyone finds anything out, you know, send us an email, swkpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, here is the yeah, audio Feel free clip. to point out how I'm incredibly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> here's, the, uh, here's the audio clip. You played that perfectly. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> ah. 
I deserve that, but can we get back to the job at hand? Flying us past the Imperial blockade. Otherwise, I don't have to pay you or give your droid back. Well, you know what? That is so weird. Maybe maybe it's different now? What the heck? That is... It's funny, because I... It sounded... To me, it sounded like he was in a spacesuit. Like, it has that kind of weird... Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cargoly noise. But maybe that's because I'm listening to it streamed through here. Let me just let me just play it one more time. Hold on. I deserve that, but can we get back to the job at hand? Flying us past the Imperial... You know what? I am convinced they changed it. I'm convinced that they changed it. They're, I they're, think it is... They're, 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 yeah, it, it I sounds, think you're right. There sounds very, like, kind of monotone now, but it used to be, like, really garbled, like, as if it was... They were trying to make it super high-pitched at first and then kind of worked it down. Dude, I can't believe the timing of this because I literally just watched this the other day. And I'm I, like, I, either that I, or you're just mistaken. Yeah, <laughs> you just admit I, when you're wrong, Josh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, like, I don't know often they're. I don't know often they're changing the audio for Star Wars Rebels. I yeah. Doing like backtracking fixes. Okay, let me. Okay, I found the clip on YouTube. So let me just look it up on YouTube because this this is from six years ago. Thank you. Okay. Oh, you're welcome. Deserve that, but can we get back to the job at hand? There we go. There we go. Dude, they, they Josh, changed it. They have changed it. You uncovered. Oh my gosh, you uncovered a this I a secret edit. Yeah, dude. Okay, this is recent, recent stuff. Like, like they must have Hashtag changed this. No changes. They, they, yeah, they, like, like I mean, I the original upload. <laughs> they they pulled the George Lucas within the last couple days, dude. Because I literally watched this episode like not even four days ago, and they must have changed it since then. That's crazy. That's crazy. What? I thought you were nuts. No, yeah. Like, let, take, take another listen. Take another listen. This is this is. We might be the breaking podcast to discover this here. I mean, th this is super recent. You played that perfectly. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I deserve that, but can we get back to the job at hand? All right, yeah. That's the YouTube version. That that's that's from six years ago. Uh, that's the YouTube. Yeah. That's the YouTube clip. But I watched this on Disney Plus like three days mm -hmm. ago. I also have the first season on Blu-ray, and I am like ninety-nine percent convinced that it sounds like this on my Blu-ray copy as well. Okay, so, play play the play the one on Disney Plus right now. I need to I need another comparison here. Okay, and then here's and the, then the here's the here's the Disney Plus. Uh, oh shoot, it's uh, hold on, like I lost it for a second there. Okay, the Disney Plus version coming up. Uh, I think maybe the the reason why they changed it, I think, is in the YouTube comments on that clip. There's people saying that he got punched in the balls, and maybe they just didn't want it to like come across <laughs> as brutal. <laughs> <laughs> How often does do you think Disney or Lucasfilm was looking at the YouTube comments for our, our rebels? clip from <laughs> eight years ago? <laughs> I have no idea. But okay, here we go. Here we go. I deserve that, but can we get back to the job at hand? Flying us past it's, the Imperial blockade. Right? Yeah, they changed it. What the heck? They 100% changed it. That's crazy. That is nuts. We're the first podcast to break it, this out. You better put this in the title. Newly revealed Disney changes edit so Lando <laughs> no longer punched in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, that would be what a headline that would be. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely have to put something in there. Um, okay, so uh, Chopper was playing Lando the whole time. He steals the fuel, but it turns out Lando knew. Uh, Lando, he's he's such a such a skeever, and he, because he knew that Chopper stole the fuel, that's why he never paid them in the first place. But he actually turns out, did he have the money? He did have the money. So um, you know, there we go. Uh, and then he goes, "Till we meet again," and then uh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's a funny outtake, uh, like leaving line because that sounds like something out of star trek or like a 50s sounds like buzz light sci-fi show two yeah exactly and beyond (laughs) all right uh final episode that we'll talk about quickly uh we'll express right through this one season one episode 12 vision of hope the episode was written by henry gilroy directed by stephen g lee uh, was released on WatchDisney.com and the app on January 26, 2015. Premiered on Disney XD February 2nd, 2015. Guest stars Brett Spiner, Kath uh, Susie, uh, David Accord, Matthew Wood, and Brighton James. During lightsaber practice, Ezra has fragmented vis- a vision of meeting Gal Travis, an exiled Imperial senator and rebel sympathizer, and assumes that Travis knows his parents. Uh, or about his parents. The rebels receive a transmission from Travis, notifying them of a, of a secret rally on Lothal, but Ezra receives a tip from Zer Leonis, uh, that's the, the kid that we met in uh, the episode where he was uh, an Imperial cadet uh, undercover, and Callus is uh, 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 to use the senator to lure the rebels into a trap. Following Travis's transmissions, the rebels find him and save him from Callus by escaping into Lothal's sewer system. But Ezra's, to, to, to Ezra's dismay, Travis reveals himself to be an Imperial spy who has used his anti-Imperial transmissions to identify rebel sympathizers. Claims that Ezra's parents are dead and gone. Having suspected his treachery, Hira outsmarts Travis and knocks him out so that the rebels can escape. Although disappointed by the betrayal, Ezra and the other rebels remain hopeful to their cause. Um, something interesting about this, going back to what we were talking about five minutes ago, or maybe 30, was uh, the fact that uh, Zebo actually knew about the Bridger's fate. And um, in this episode, it seems like maybe Hira didn't tell Ezra at all, and he has to discover the truth through this uh, this lying uh, uh, putz. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. Kind of interesting. Uh, Ezra's training. And, that is weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And why wouldn't Hera have just told him? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it felt kind of like a really sort of strange I am your father moment that really could, oh, have, I know why. could have been approached. Because they got 15 episodes they got to write. Right. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah, maybe maybe it was a storyline that just didn't go anywhere and, and they were like, okay, well, maybe we can change things up. Maybe Hera didn't tell Ezra to spare him or something like that or whatever, right? Um. Ezra's training and using the force causes the vision to happen. And we've seen it before. We've seen force users, you know, in the heat of the moment, kind of like have a vision, uh, you know, in battle or whatever, right? Like we've seen Ahsoka go through those motions with Aura Singh and, uh, and Padme. And um, I thought it was all very familiar. So it was interesting to see that plot line return to an animated series. Uh, Zare comes back uh, into the story briefly to update the audience on his mission. And uh, again, if anyone wants to read about the full story of Zer Leonis, it's fantastic. The series is called Servants of the Empire. It's uh, four junior novels written by Jason Fry, 
who has cited the series as one of his favorites of the works that he's ever written for the Star Wars universe, describing it as an exploration of how good people can lose their humanity if being drawn into an evil system. And uh, can we read this one? No, I I have. Um, I don't think you've you've read it, but um, it's a is it a short story or like a? They're junior novels, so they're they're junior novels, so they're very very quick to get through. Um, I would say if you're a fast reader, it might take you know two two hours um, or three. Uh, They're they're barely. You know, they're they're super quick. They're those paperback, very thin, similar to like the Jedi Apprentice or Jedi Quest books. Th- those those size gotcha okay yeah. uh and there's four of them so uh, the series is about zero leona's kind of between the events of the first episode in rebels that we that we meet him in breaking ranks uh leading up to uh this episode and then going past the events of this episode where they meet ezra again um into the point where uh he gets to that place that he uh is telling ezra that he's going which is uh, arcanus and the, the, the series caps off with like sort of a finale, a climax uh, event, if you will, at, at um, this uh, secret academy on, on Arcanus. So, uh, Interesting. What I want to know, does it finally av- reveal how Zare got promoted? <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I, I think it does. Because I know that... So that's a, that's a little uh, snippet or reveal that we got in this episode. Exactly. Sarah's moving up the ranks. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Hera is... Short, a, mm, I'm trying to remember, towards the end of this, they they managed to stay with the Empire, right? They, like, find an excuse. Uh, yeah. Why they didn't stop yeah. the, the rebels. Uh, so Zare... Um, Zare basically, like, you know, like he, he uh, kind of fakes the idea that he tried to catch Ezra when he's discovered. and, and um, Right. Know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he's obviously not trying to capture him, right? He's kind of, yeah. he's, he's that helping. That citizen selling contraband. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't like, able to stop I, him. I, I caught that, that, that rebel smuggling black market goods or whatever he said. Or yeah, like yeah. That. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hera in this episode is a total badass. You know, she figures out that Travis is secret, uh, knocking him out, um, like just, you know, boom, after handing him a unloaded blaster. And that was awesome. Classic James Bond move. Classic James Bond move. That's some Padme or Leia level stuff right there. Uh, I thought that was a pretty smart move. She says something along the lines of how a real rebel would know when they're holding an unloaded blaster. And I was like, yep, that's, that's, that's a cool classic line. I feel like I've heard that before. Uh, in in other movies, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, what did you think about this episode just overall? I enjoyed it. I know the the reveal that uh, the Empire has like fake rebels out there that are trying to get real rebels to get in touch with them was actually pretty clever. I think something that they might actually do, setting up traps, right? Uh, and, and the fact that it was also the senator, because it's weird that this it's kind of known that the senator is doing it, but the empire hasn't stopped them. They try, you know, try to explain it away as like they never have any actual proof, but everyone like kind of knows that it's him. Mm, yeah. But then revealing that it's, it's an inside job by the empire just makes a lot of sense. It's also one of those things that after enough rebel cells get caught, they might, you know, might catch on. But I thought it was pretty cool. It was fun. And we know that uh, this inspires the finale of this season because he's putting out this kind of like 
a black radio signal a pirate radio signal uh to to you know bolster hope that there is still people fighting against the the vampire and that inspires the finale of this season because they kind of just steal that idea and do the same thing yeah yeah that's a great point yeah for sure uh also worth which is interesting because that's also what his ezra's parents did right same thing yeah, exact same thing. I mean, uh, his parents were were yeah, like you like you put it, the original Rebel Force Radio. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and and all of it is kind of a uh, a bit of a nod to what the French were doing when they're occupied by the Nazis during World War Two. They had all these like secret radio stations, so they'd be putting out you know hope for uh, other rebellions and stuff. Mm, yeah. And be like. Yeah, and then of course, like the Nazis would be tracking them down and trying to, you know, find the people who are doing it and arrest them. So it'd be a, a, a real pirate radio, always on the move sort of situation, right? Yeah, always on the move. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> um, that's uh, that's what we have for for this episode of Rebels Talk. Um, and you know, it's always great to to chat Star Wars Rebels with you, sir. Um, real quick, because. Um, we haven't actually given Pablo's and Pudu's for any of these uh, this episode. Uh, let's just run through real quick. Uh, just name name your score when, as we go down the list here. Okay, first off, Ex- explain explain the thing first because oh, it's always oh, it's yes. complicated. So any yeah. listeners haven't heard it before. Of course, yeah. So um, so our rating system, if you guys don't know, called uh, Pablo points or Pudu's, uh, is a score out of seven. Uh, the worst of the worst being three Pablo Pudu's. Moving up from there, you got two Pablo Pudus, one Pablo Pudu. A 50% is a Bendu. Bendu right in the middle. And then you got Pablo points in the positive range. So you got one Pablo point, two Pablo points, and three Pablo points being the best of the best of the best. So let's start off with uh, the first episode that we talked about, which is episode nine, Gathering Forces. Uh, that's the one with Sibo. Uh, and the Furnox and the exit out of hyperspace and the Inquisitor fight. What would you give that server? I like this one. Uh, it was, I thought this one was pretty unique. It had a lot going on. It was exciting. And it was uh, the, the ending of a first two-parter, I guess, barring the, the starter movie, Sparker Rebellion. So I would I would give this one, let's say, one and a half Pablos. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd give it one and a half. That's, that's or yeah, yeah, that's, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, Path of the Jedi. This one was the one with uh, Yoda and the Jedi Temple. Oh, I like this one too. Maybe not quite as exciting as the previous episode, so I'm going to give it one pop a point. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it one. I'll give it one. It's a good, 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 good score. Uh, Idiots are copying me. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot, Idiot's, Array. Idiot's Array with uh, with Lando. Now there's a, you know, it's funny, it's just like Quilly burning through them all. I really wasn't like these episodes for the most part I enjoy. I'd say the next one after this is probably the one I enjoyed the least. This one again, I'd probably give it, I think again, I stick to like one pop point. I think that's a pretty good spot. Yeah, I think I'm going to give this one 1.5 uh, only because, uh, I, you know, if I, again, my perspective on the show has changed a little bit. I, I really, really enjoyed the character as Morgan. So I think that's the only reason why I'm right. giving another 0.5 there. But I would say it's That's good. true, actually. Yeah. I'll give it one and a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Just to switch things up. Give it another 25. And yeah. uh, Vision of Hope. Uh, I'm going to give this one a Bendu. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Was Bandu? There wasn't. It wasn't anything in here that made me particularly upset. I was just saying it was just not as exciting as the other episodes. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, that's Pablo points and and Pablo Pudus for you. And uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with us at the show, uh, you know, feel free to just tweet us at SW Skate Podcast. Send us an email. You know, let us know your scores for for these episodes as well, because we'd like to know that. Or you can just dive into our Discord server, and uh, we have a thread open for Star Wars Rebels. You can just pipe it in there. Just you know, uh, tell us what what Rebels talk uh, episode you listen to, and uh how how uh how bad our opinions are on these episodes or something i don't know uh, we, we'd like to just hear what you think you know what i mean uh so you know let us know we're we're we're, we're, we're pretty active in there i guess i mean like you know we don't have the time of day to constantly put new stuff new messages in there but you know we try our best and you know it takes other people to get conversations going so you know definitely jump in there yeah. get, get your hands dirty yeah definitely tell us how we're wrong because i think you know ha- having some controversy on there and talking about stuff so always always more you know, interesting conversation so yeah yeah exactly i mean you know i uh, honestly i don't nor- normally like being told that i'm wrong about stuff but like you know in the well, event it makes you have to it makes you have to really get into your thoughts on it and explain yeah, it and, that's what know. i was yeah that's exactly what i was about to if, say if, ever, if the, everyone agrees then conversation doesn't go anywhere that's the caveat yeah exactly i mean uh you know i i don't normally like it but with star wars i think i think it makes it makes good conversation right so like i like to hear you know tell me i'm wrong (laughs) tell me i'm wrong about my my pablo points and poodoos on these rebels episodes Uh, (laughs) next up on rebels talk we'll have the final three episodes of season one uh which will be episode 13 14 and 15 leading into season two and uh, we'll be hitting those final three episodes of season one uh, in uh, the next week or two. But as of this moment, when Rebels Talk Part for this episode right now that we're talking in drops on uh, on the day that it does, it means that Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny will have been in theaters for a couple of days at this point. And uh, real quick, spoiler-free, couple words. What'd you think? Um, sorry, could you repeat that? I had. Uh... Oh, so Indi- party conversation. Yeah, yeah. Indiana, oh, Jones. Indiana Jones. Yeah, Indiana Jones. Uh, real quick, just I a liked words. it. Yeah, I liked it quite a lot. I I personally liked it a lot more than Crystal Skull. I thought it was a definitely step up. Um, I would say, because like, is is it officially in theaters? People could see it. Oh yeah, yeah. I I saw it last night. Okay, uh, I would say that the. The part that I think people are a little iffy about is any time travel stuff. That was a pretty small part of the movie, which surprised me. I thought it was going to be a larger segment. Uh, so if you're worried that that's going to feel too Indiana Jones, I think you're okay. I know the other thing is there's a lot of online speculation about the, uh, the, the female lead character. I didn't feel like a lot of the rumors were true. I'm sure that's left to everyone else's personal opinion on that, but... I enjoyed it. I didn't find that it was hampered by any, uh, you know, uh, personal opinion stuff they were seeing online. I enjoyed it. I'd watch it again. Um, I, I, I would keep it in the regular rotation. I know I tend to skip Crystal Skull, but this one I actually probably would watch. Would it be maybe a little better if Harrison Ford was a bit younger, a little more adventure Probably. There's a few scenes I know that just knowing Harrison Ford at his age... You could tell, like, oh, that was definitely CG or, like, a body double or something, which was kind of... Yeah. I, I wish that stuff had just been done 
in a way that it wasn't so obvious. Right. Uh, usually it has to do with him dodging something at the last second. There's kind of two scenes, one with the train and then one with the, the car crash. Hopefully that's not spoilery. But I, would, I would give the movie... Barring, like, barring those two moments... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, nothing. Yo, go ahead. I was say, barring those two moments, I actually I enjoyed it quite a lot. And, like, I didn't feel like I was taken out with too many, like, politics or anything along those lines. So I, I enjoyed it. I would definitely watch it again and give it a recommendation. And I would give it... Let's say... I'd say sell two to two and a half Pablo points. Oh, that's quite high. I would uh, I would have given it one point five. I think I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I think one point five is kind of where I'm sitting. Maybe two. Uh, but we'll do what we'll do is we'll do a full length. I mean, it is Lu- a Lucasfilm production. We'll do a full length podcast episode on this uh, maybe in a week or so. Uh, maybe maybe a week and a half or so. I, whenever we got time for it, and uh, you know, I would love to just kind of kind of further dive into these conversations because there's a lot to talk about there with that movie and we'll go we'll go full spoiler territory yeah yeah well bring on the the crew get you know bryce and and maybe kirk and whoever else wants to join we'll do a fun breakdown yeah yeah exactly i mean there's nothing better than uh, talking about a new star wars movie but i mean uh, since we won't get any this year uh, we'll have to settle for Indiana Jones. And it's not a bad trade-off. I mean, it is Harrison Ford's very last adventure as Indy. And uh, I highly doubt that uh, I highly well, doubt we'll, de- we'll get to de- depending, depending on uh, face replacement technology, we might get Indiana Jones as Harrison Ford for uh, the rest of eternity. So Right. Right. Yeah, that's... That's true. That's true. I mean, uh, that's certainly a possibility. I mean, a full movie like that would be bold, but I mean, a series would be pretty. pretty I'll fall off from that, man. I give it less than ten years. I yeah. would think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's a good point. Uh, this this would be. I mean, I'll restate that. Then this is the first, the last time that we're, he's going to be outing as the character in the age that he is. Uh, so you know, maybe we'll see a a, a day where. You know, we get CG heads and body replacements and this and that to create younger indie stories. But uh, in the meantime, this is the last chapter that we have, similar to how Logan was the outing for Wolverine. Um, we'll be getting younger stories of Wolverine in the future. But I mean, you know, that was kind of the the sun setting on that character in a in a very sort of pleasant cinematic way. So, looking forward to chatting about it with you, sir. Uh, as well yeah. as the next episode of Rebels Talk. Thanks again for coming back on and uh, hosting with me, and we will catch you in the next one. We'll see you out there. Keep flying. All right, and thank you so much to all our listeners who are uh, coming back every week and uh, dropping those five stars, sharing the show with a friend. You know, that really, really does help us out a lot uh, because we are unmonetized. We just want to see this podcast grow and kind of widen the audience a little bit and reach more people. Uh, so definitely that really helps us out a lot. Uh, you can follow us on social handles with the uh, with the handle at SW Escape Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Presently, uh, YouTube video versions of the podcast drop on Tuesdays usually. That's uh, most of the week. And uh, Mondays is when you can catch the audio version of the podcast if you're subscribed to the twitter you may also see the episodes pop up in video form on tuesdays or mondays you know maybe twitter gets it first so go follow us there
so thanks again to Blake for coming back on. Thanks to all of you guys tuning into Rebels Talk each week, and make sure you join us for our regular programming on the podcast, those normal Star Wars episodes that we do. May the Force be with you. We'll see you in the next one. No more.